0: Hey, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host, and today we have a great guest, one of my culinary heroes, Mr. John Setzler, from Man Cave Meals and also from the Kamado Joe Cooking Channel on YouTube. I'll be right back with John Setzler.
1: Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter Sous-vide and chillin' from fire and water
0: Welcome back all to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I want to welcome my guest today, Mr. John Setzler of the Man Cave Meals YouTube channel, also of the Kamado Joe Cooking Channel on YouTube. John, welcome to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast.
1: Hi, Darren, and thanks for having me on.
0: I probably came found you a different way than a lot of people, a lot of your fans have, because I was just kind of looking for information on Kamado Grills and kind of stumbled across across the Kamado Guru uh, website. So just give me a little bit of your history, who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in this.
1: Okay, my name is John Setzler. I live in a little town in western North Carolina called Valdez. It's uh, in the foothills of the western North Carolina mountains. Uh, I moved here from Hickory, which is just a few miles down the road. uh, When I moved in with my girl who's now my wife uh, miss Tanya Stevens Uh, and how I got started I've always had a grill uh, of some sort mainly a gas grill I started out I guess about the same time I moved away from home and uh, I bought a gas grill started grilling some food but I never really took it seriously I never really considered it even a hobby it was just something I sort of enjoyed doing every now and then I was your typical uh, summertime griller and i guess later in life uh not too terribly long ago i decided that grilling was something i really enjoyed and i wanted to try to take it to the next level and before i moved in with my wife or she was my girlfriend at the time i had bought a gas grill to use here at her house and um you know, we occasionally cook some steaks and chops on that grill. We did the typical things that everybody does with the grill. And I got to thinking about remembering some times when I was younger, uh, when I was in the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts and whatnot, when we would go on our little camping trips, somebody always had a charcoal grill and we were cooking burgers and dogs and stuff on the charcoal grill. And I just remembered how much better those seemed to taste than the, than the stuff that I cook on a gas grill and i told tanya i said i'd like to just buy another charcoal grill and try it out so i bought a weber kettle of course and the first time i cooked steaks for tanya and i on a weber kettle she told me flat out she didn't care if i ever cooked anything else on the gas grill again so that little moment in my history is the beginning of uh, where i decided that i wanted to be a foodie in the uh Barbecue and grilling world.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think we all have some fond memories of those old, uh, you know, Boy Scout campouts or just camping out with the family in those, you know, charcoal grills where they're burning the hamburgers and hot dogs and chicken. <laughs> uh, I had the same discussion with Clint Cantwell from Amazing Ribs. I mean, we all kind of grew up on the same kind of stuff, but um, it's definitely a lot better to me anyway a flavor with charcoal and wood compared to cooking on a gas grill. I cooked on a gas grill for a long time as well. One of the things that got me upset about gas grills is you always had to, you know, repair them. You had to replace the uh, elements every couple of years cause they'd rust out. But, uh, but of course the flavor is not as there as well. So,
1: Right. Every kind of grill has its little nuance. Uh, I don't want to talk poorly about gas grills because I have one and uh, I enjoy using it. It's got its place in the world. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more down the line here as well. Yeah,
0: definitely. Because I I, I agree with you 100%. I think there's there's a place for every type of grill out there. So let's talk about your uh, starting the Man Cave Meals and the Kamado Guru. Because that that to me is... uh, you kind of inspired me to start my own, the fire and water cooking channel and all that kind of was inspiration because of what you did, what you started. So.
1: Okay. Well, man cave meals is a, is was my YouTube channel. That's the channel I started. It came about in uh, the latter part of the year of 2011. I believe it may have been uh, October or November of 2011. I started playing with that Uh, and I don't, Really, I can't really remember exactly why I decided I wanted to start making videos. I went back and had a look at my early videos on that channel, and I believe what was happening is I had bought my first smoker by this point. I had a Weber Smoky Mountain by this time to go along with my Weber kettle, and I had bought a Barbecue Guru Digi Q2 DX controller to run that grill. I spent a lot of money, what I considered to be a lot of money to automate that grill. And I was having some difficulty with it. And a friend of mine was trying to help me troubleshoot how I was mounting that. And I took some pictures and he said, can you make me a little video clip? And I did. And I think that uh, is what got me started. Well, if I can do this, I can make some little videos that we'll just upload to YouTube and see, see what kind of things happen when you do that. And it really started basically as something very simple is that I was just trying to troubleshoot a problem. And since I had a problem, I said, well, I'm going to make a little video to go on YouTube to show how this thing goes on and how it works. Because I couldn't find one when I went looking for one for myself. So it, my YouTube channel, I guess, was born out of me trying to solve a problem I was having and not being able to find the solution on YouTube. So... That's how the channel started, and I just started playing around with it, making some cooking videos, and I just kept on and on and on doing it. I kept getting followers; people were enjoying it, so I just kept on. the uh, The Kamado Guru Forum came about a little bit later. It came about, I think, in April of two thousand twelve is when I marked the birth, maybe, of that forum. I was a very active participant on another forum called the Barbecue Brethren, which is a huge barbecue forum out here. It's, it's just got thousands of people that are active on it all the time. And when, when I got my first Kamado grill, which was the Char Griller Acorn, I was looking for a little bit more focused group. Uh, I looked for a forum of Kamado users and couldn't find one. So once again, it was an opportunity to solve a problem that I had because I couldn't find another solution. So I put the Kamado Guru forum together at that point and just let it start kind of growing on its own. And it's, it's grown fairly well also.
0: Yeah. I started out with the acorn probably because of what I read on Kamado Guru because I was looking, you know, everybody would talk about big green eggs because I I was sick of using, I had a vertical smoker that was falling apart and I had, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't like the gas grills and, the Weber kettle seemed kind of cheap to me and everybody kept telling me big green egg and a ceramic grill. So I was playing around on the internet looking and then I saw, I think a post in Kamado Guru about the acorn. And then I actually went to Lowe's or Home Depot or somewhere and I saw one. I'm like, well, this kind of looks like it could start me out because it's similar to the, you know, ceramic Kamados, but it's not doesn't cost as much and it can kind of get me started. So that's kind of where I started, you know, getting really deep into barbecue. I had always been doing barbecue, but I got started getting really deep into it, you know, by the Kamado Guru website and that acorn I played around with for about a year.
1: Right, that's the exact same thing that happened to me with the acorn. I had saved up the money to buy a big green egg. I had a friend of mine works at a shop that sells big green eggs up in the mountains here and he had convinced me I needed to buy one and I had the money sitting there and I walked in Lowe's one day the week before I was planning to go up and buy that big green egg and I saw this acorn there for 2.99 and you know I was getting ready to drop a $1000 on a big green egg and I looked at it and uh my wife was with me and she said, "Well, you know, why not give it a try?" and I couldn't make up my mind what to do with it while I was standing there. So I decided not to buy it and I went home and that night I decided I'm going to throw $300 at that grill and see if it's any good. And if it's not, then I'll go ahead and buy the big green egg. And that's how the acorn found its way onto my porch.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I had that acorn for about almost a year. And it started collecting some rust. And I got really, you know, I up, I did some upgrades and a lot of the stuff that I found on Kamado Guru and how to do some mods to it to make sure you could, you know, adjust the temp right. And, you know, I, I think I spent pretty much every other day on Kamado Guru looking at mods and different ways and different, you know, cooks and everything on that acorn. And then it convinced me that I wanted to upgrade. And that's when I went to the Kamado Joe and said, uh, you know, Got the big Joe, and from there it's just uh, grown into a really uh, strong hobby of mine. So,
1: but uh. exactly, I think the Acorn has brought a lot of people into the Kamado world as a I don't want to call it a training Kamado, I think that's a little unfair. But a lot of people bought that Kamado, and there's a lot of still active Acorn users out there. But I think a lot of those Acorn users find their way into a ceramic Kamado fairly quickly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to jump out and spend, you know, a thousand, twelve hundred dollars right away without knowing if it's something that they want to cook on, you know, that, that was me, you know, it's like, that's a big, big investment, big uh, commitment to something that you don't know if you're going to like. So I think the acorn kind of helped with that, especially, so especially convincing my wife, you know, <laughs> you know, how, you know, not many of us can go to our wife and go, hey, I'm going to go spend $1,200 on a grill when they're used to seeing them for $200 in the sale paper you know, <laughs> at Walmart.
1: I'm very fortunate in that aspect. My wife uh, never gives me any grief and about what I want to spend on barbecue and grilling. Uh, I feel very fortunate because of that because I do most of the cooking here at the house. She cooks sometimes, but I do a lot of it, and because of that, Uh, She lets me buy whatever I feel that I need.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm lucky on that front. You definitely are. But I I do all the cooking in my house. My wife will cook if she absolutely has to. She does not enjoy it. She's not good at it. And and she's uh, more than willing to let me uh, take over the kitchen. So I really, I don't like it when she gets into my kitchen because she usually burns up one of my pans or something. So (laughs) let's talk about um, how you got involved with uh, Kamado Joe then.
1: Okay. Well, Kamado, my relationship with Kamado Joe was born out of the Man Cave Meals YouTube channel. Uh, like I said, I had this acorn grill and I had put it through its paces. I had it for about six months and I, I made a bunch of videos using that grill and I did everything, you know, that you could do that I felt you could do on the acorn and did it well. The grill did okay. It still had its, I don't know what to call it, Maybe it's an attitude that that grill had. That grill is a little difficult to tame. Uh, The owners of that grill know what I'm talking about. It's not as airtight, and it does have some rust issues if it gets wet. I had bought a cover for mine, but I was still having some rust issues with it. Had some issues with the outside finish burning off when I got it real hot, which didn't help. But then we got uh, to the point where I decided I wanted a ceramic grill. And by this time, I knew a little bit more about what was out there. As I said a short while ago, I was prepared to buy the big green egg. But after I bought the acorn and started looking into what's available in the Kamado market, I saw this Kamado Joe and it didn't have a whole lot of an audience at that time. We're talking, you know, 2012, uh, late, late 2012 here and, um, Kamado Joe was a relatively new company. They hadn't been around very long, but I found online a few people had that grill that were really happy with it. And my man cave meals, YouTube channel was growing rapidly at this point. And I had, you know, 13 or 14,000 followers. And I had, I had some occasional companies that were approaching me saying, Hey, John, let me send you my product and you can uh, use it on your videos if you like it. And, uh, I just decided to, uh, Take a chance, and I sent uh, a message to Kamado or to Kamado Joe through their website, and said, "Hey, my name's John. I do these videos. I've got this channel. I've got all these followers. I said, would you be interested in providing me with one of your grills uh, to use and demo and do do some of my cooking with?" So you know, I figured that's a long shot because these grills are not. Not cheap. You know, back then we were looking at eight or nine hundred dollars for a Kamado Joe Classic. And uh, I went out of town that weekend. And uh, I think the Friday I was out of town, I got a really garbled voicemail from somebody on my phone. I couldn't quite figure out what it said. But Monday, when I got home, I listened to it again. And it was a shipping company uh, wanting to schedule a delivery. And Kamado Joe had decided, yeah, we're going to try John out, I guess. And we they, they sent me a grill. So when the grill arrived, I called Kamado Joe because I had not talked to anybody at this company. I didn't know anybody. And when I called, I didn't realize it immediately, but I was on the phone with Bobby Brennan, who's the CEO of the company. And I asked him, I said, you know, is there anything you want me to do here specifically with this grill? I said, I appreciate it. And he said, "Nah." he says, I spent a lot of time watching your videos last week. And he said, you know, I just like the way you do it. You're a, a easy to easy to understand guy doing basic grilling and stuff in your backyard. And I think people are going to like you and I like you just to do what you're doing and do it on one of my grills. So that's what I did. You know, I, I started cooking on the classic and, uh, things apparently went really well, uh, throughout that time. And, uh, you know, I was in email communications with Bobby and for another guy that worked for Bobby who was helping me decide what, what things we should do and what kind of things we would want to do recipe wise and some stuff. And several months later, Bobby calls back and says, do you have room on your patio for the big Joe? We'd like to send you one of those also. So it just kind of snowballed from there. I was still doing man cave meals and, um, they were happy with the response they were getting from their customers. They were apparently selling a few grills to people who were saying, yeah, we saw John using that on man cave meals. So that worked great for me, worked great for Kamado Joe. And as that continued to grow, Bobby uh, contacted me and I wanted to work out a deal where I did it exclusively for Kamado Joe and did it on the Kamado Joe YouTube channel instead of doing it on the man cave meals channel. So that, uh, that's how that relationship started. I don't work for Kamado Joe. I'm not an employee, but Kamado Joe does compensate me for making uh, videos for their YouTube channel and their social media outlets, and they do provide me with the equipment to do it as well.
0: I think you got a really big following on the uh, Kamado Joe side for sure, because um, you know, me and you both are in the Kamado Joe uh, Facebook group and everybody knows John from the Kamado Joe uh, cooking channel. That's for sure. But like I said, I started following you on the Kamado guru um, site and then kind of switched over and started watching, you know, the man cave meal stuff. And then just naturally followed you over to the Kamado Joe site. Cause I, I like you, when I saw the Kamado Joe compared to the big green egg, it wasn't because somebody said, you know, Kamado Joe's better. It was because I looked at what the Kamado Joe offered compared to the Big Green Egg. I have a friend of mine. There's actually a neighbor that owned a that still does. They own a pinch a penny pool uh, store that they sell Big Green Eggs, and I could have got one at a whatever kind of discount you know I could have got, but. Even with that, the Kamado Joe offered so much more out of the out of the uh, box than the Big Green Egg did. So, it just made sense to me that um, to go with something that actually offered a lot more out of the box to, to be able to work with. So,
1: exactly the that grill, the Kamado Joe came with everything I needed. Uh, at the time, it it didn't have what it has now. It didn't have the divide and conquer and the split uh, heat deflectors and all that, but it did come with a heat deflector and it came with the cart and uh, it came with the side tables. And at the time, those were all add-on options for the big green egg. I was going to have to buy the grill and then buy all the options to go with it, which, you know, a lot of people do, but I like the turnkey package and I love the fact that Kamado Joe gives you all that everything you need to do all these various types of cooks right out of the box it just worked really well and uh, that was one of the main reasons i decided to approach them
0: yeah and the the first one i bought i bought a big joe and it was the one that did come with divide and conquer system
1: and it had the
0: ash tray you know the ash pullout tray which those things alone just made it well worth it because you couldn't get that from, you couldn't even get the ashtray from Big Green Egg. They didn't even have one that's a, you know, a third party one. And the Divide and Conquer, They you could buy a separate one from somebody else. But to me, that just made sense to buy something that had that stuff already. But it also told me that Kamado Joe is a company that likes to innovate and they like to make their product better for the consumer instead of, here's something else we can charge more for, you know, or, or we can, you know, make something here that you can add to our grill. It's going to make us more money. You
1: know what I mean? They would absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. And that's, that's one of the things that I think sets Bobby Brennan and Kamado Joe apart from a lot of the rest of the market. Um, Bobby goes to social media and asks these questions. He he used to show up in the forum in the in the Kamado Joe Grilling Forum on Facebook and ask, you know, what do you guys think we need to do here? Or what do you think about this new product idea I've got? I've never seen the CEO of any other Kamado company showing up on social media, interacting directly with their customer base, saying, what what do you guys think about this? Or how do you feel about this type of add-on, or what do you think we need to do about this? I've just never seen anything like that before.
0: Yeah, and it just goes to show you, I mean, especially with the new Classic 3s that just came out, you know, people go, oh, yeah, well, they're getting expensive. But all the technology they got into these things and they're throwing it in, you know, the slow roller, the uh, the third level, you know, of your cooking space, the new upgraded cart that has the you know, ability to have the wires for your, temp controller you know run through it i mean just all the stuff they you know the innovation that they put into this grill and, and 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 they have the lower price model the medium price model and and then the higher price model it's not like you're locked in you know
1: right there are a lot of options you know and and ceramic kamado cooking is is a uh, hobby and venture for people that are willing to spend more money. It's not, it's definitely, I don't know how how to word this. It's an upper class, a middle, a upper middle class uh, grilling tool. It's not something that suits everybody for sure. You know, you can cook on a hundred dollar Weber kettle. You can do all these things. Well, I won't say all of these things. You can do most of these things on a kettle, but you just have to babysit it more. It's a, It's kind of the difference between, you know, a, a Ford and a BMW. So it's it's all in the eye of the beholder as to what you need in terms of quality, uh, functionality, diversity, and how much you want to be able to let the grill do the work for you as opposed to you doing the work for the grill.
0: Yeah, and I look at it as an investment. I mean, my big Joe is five years old now, and I can go out there and cook anything on it. I've had a couple issues with it, but they were corrected. I had you know, a heat deflector break which you expect that kind of stuff, you know, you expect to have to replace, even on a Weber kettle, you'd have have to replace your grates and your, you know, ashtray and and a lot of different stuff every once in a while, but um,
1: those... Exactly. All these grills have replaceable parts, and uh, the most of your ceramic Kamado manufacturers, the ceramics are are lifetime warranty. A heat deflector or a pizza stone, they're not going to be lifetime warranty, but they don't last forever and they're not intended to last forever, but they do last a very long time when you take care of them. Well, and
0: another thing that really (laughs) speaks for Kamado Joe is when they came out with the new hinge, Um, they, they didn't, they had a hinge when they first came out that was kind of like similar to what the big green egg has, just some basic springs. And then they came out with one, you know, that was a little bit better, but had some issues on its own. I, I mean, I had an issue with my, Hinge on my big, my uh, big Joe, and they replaced it under warranty. But with Kamado Joe, instead of just fixing it or keeping the same design, they redesigned their whole hinge and actually the grill around the hinge to make it better for their consumer.
1: Absolutely, that airlift hinge is a dream. It's, uh, it's really amazing. It does take the weight out of it. I remember when I first got the Kamado Joe Classic 2, uh. I had been using the Kamado Joe ones, the big Joe and the, um, the, the classic with the old hinge on it where the lid's still very heavy. And I, at the time when I got the new, the new two model with the airlift hinge, I wasn't used to the fact, or I had been using the two quite a bit. And I was used to the fact that that dome lid's really lightweight and you just have to, you know, guide it. It does all the work for you. And one day I went back and did a couple, did a cook on the classic one and I dropped that lid <laughs> because I was expecting it to stay where I put it when I lifted it up and I let go of it and it came crashing down and I'm lucky it didn't break the grill.
0: Yeah. Well, my, my big Joe is um, the older one and I have a classic two with the airlift hinge and I do that all the time. I'll, I'll go lift my, you know, lid on my big joe and it's it's a struggle and then i do that too i'll i'll go to let it down and it drops it's i gotta be careful too because you get used to that you know the the light that uh, airlift hinge and that it can hurt you sometimes it will spoil you yeah definitely all right so let's talk about what else you have on your man cave party deck i know that uh we kind of started out where you started from with your weber kettle How does your party deck look now compared to when you first got into it with just your little Weber kettle?
1: Okay, the party deck, as it sits at the moment, has a Kamado Joe Classic 3, a Kamado Joe Classic 2, a Kamado Joe Jr. I have the Alpha 4 Pizza Wood Fired Oven, I have a PK-360 Charcoal Grill. I have the Traeger Timberline 850 Pellet Grill. And I have the Camp Chef Expedition 3 Propane Stove. And I have the Napoleon Prestige Pro 500 Gas Grill. That's what's on the deck. I've got an ugly drum smoker that's in my storage shed, and I've got a pit barrel cooker that's in my storage shed, and uh, I have a Weber uh, Go Anywhere charcoal grill, a little portable charcoal grill that's in the storage shed. I think at this very moment, I think that's all I have without actually going out there and looking.
0: That's that's quite impressive, and my my wife thinks I'm crazy because I have four grills out on my patio. But you know I have the Camp Chef pellet grill, the two Kamados, a little pellet grill, or a little pit barrel cooker. I do have a uh, the flat top twenty two inch Blackstone griddle, but I really don't consider that a grill. That's a griddle. I mean, I, I worked in restaurants when I was younger and that was something that we cooked on all the time. So, I mean, it's it's just a flat top griddle. I don't I don't consider it, even though it's powered by gas, but uh, it's fun to cook on.
1: Those things are great. I'd love to have one, but uh, as you can imagine, space is a commodity for me and I just don't have the space right now to allocate to something like that. The Camp Chef three burner stove I has has a griddle that sits over two of the burners that I can use it works it doesn't work great those 30,000 BTU burners even on low heat tend to get a little hotter than I'd like for them to be so I have to be real careful with that but it does work
0: so in all your experience with all those different grills and throughout your uh your uh, career here of uh, just of cooking have you gotten to gotten to use them all got to learn them all really well or i know you haven't had the uh wood-fired pizza oven all that long but i know you've done a few cooks on it to get used to it
1: i have had the wood-fired oven for over a year now and i've done i've done quite a few cooks on it all of my cooks don't always show up on video or social media but i've done quite a few cooks on that and i've learned to tame that oven and it is really a beautiful cooking chamber it's uh it's something that does take a. – there is a learning curve to learning how to bring the temperature up in that grill and how to get it to settle in, and it's like any other grill after that. it's a, it, it runs a, really a lot like an offset stick burner. You just have to feed it a log every now and then, and the size of the log you feed, it's going to help determine what kind of temperature range you put in there. But I've done uh, pizzas in, in that oven north of uh, 800 degrees – and I've done, I did a Boston Bud in it, actually, uh, just to see if I could pull it off to cook a Boston Bud in that oven. I did I did make a video on that one, I believe. But I wanted to see if we could make uh pulled pork barbecue with it. And I was pretty successful. Uh, I learned a couple of things with it. So when I went back and did it again, I had perfect results. I let the outside of the first one I do get a little charred but, uh, we won't tell anybody about that. We just call that bark. We don't call that char. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The, the, the alpha oven is a real beast and it's a lot of fun to cook on.
0: Yeah. I know you'd like to cook pizzas and so do I. And that's one of the things I love about the, the big Joe. I mean, the big Joe's my go-to for pizza. So, but, uh, to have one of those, you know, wood fired pizza ovens like that would probably be great, but unfortunately i don't i don't see myself being able to use it enough to uh you know make up for the money it would cost me to uh to to get it on my deck and you know i'm like you i have limited space on my uh patio where i have my stuff so i kind of i'm looking actually looking at getting rid of a couple things so i can change them out for maybe a bigger flat top uh griddle or something like that so
1: yeah, the big flat top would be fun. I'd if I had one of those, I would want. I would want the thirty six inch one, and I know that's a lot. And I'm normally only cooking for two people, but space on a griddle, I think, is is definitely worth having extra. I don't always subscribe to that idea when we're talking about grills, but on a griddle, I think it's an absolute. A benefit to have more space on that. And whenever I do get around to getting one, I'm going to get a 36 incher.
0: Yeah. Cause when you're cooking burgers, you're also trying to cook bacon or onions and toast your buns and do all kinds of stuff. So yeah, the, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, 50 inches or something, but you know, 36 inches, I think is a great size to be able to, to cook a lot of stuff on there. You know, for, you know, I cook for four people all the time and the 22 inch works okay but I, I run out of room on that you know when i'm trying to do smash burgers or something else on it so yeah i think 36 inches or around that uh size is great for one of those griddles
1: so absolutely
0: all right well we're going to take a little break here so i can run my ad for uh, for inkbird but uh hold on everybody we'll be back in just a minute with john setzler with band Cave meals mm-hmm. Hey all I want to welcome again, Inkbird is our sponsor for the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Inkbird has more than just barbecue thermometers and instant read thermometers that I've talked about before. Inkbird just came out with a Wi-Fi sous vide circulator that I've been using for a few weeks now that works pretty good, has over 1,000 watts of power, has an app that has many times and temps for meats and vegetables, also has onboard times and temps for meats and vegetables runs really quiet, fits most regular sous-vide containers that are the size of the ANOVA's. So check it out, look below, there's a link with a code for 30% off of the Amazon price that makes it under $60 right now until June 5th. So check out the Inkbird Wi-Fi sous-vide circulator in the description below. Back to our program. Alright John, so we talked about what's on the party deck and um, all the different kinds of smokers you have on there. And I know you do a lot with Kamado Joe, but I want to kind of nail you down. Out of all the cookers that you've used, starting for, with your Weber kettle, your acorn, down to what you have now with the Napoleon and everything, what is your favorite, or what, what's the one you like to use the most?
1: Uh, my favorite, undoubtedly, without any question, is the 18-inch, Kamado Joe Classic, it, either the two or the three, that that grill is the most versatile tool I have in my cooking arsenal. I can do anything I want to do on that grill. I can cook at temperatures between 175 Fahrenheit and 750 or north of that if I want to Fahrenheit. Uh, there's just nothing I can't do on the Kamado. So uh, with that in mind, that's my favorite by far that's my favorite grill and it's not because of my relationship with that company it's because it is without a doubt the most versatile tool that I have
0: yeah I think I agree I think my classic gets more use out of any other grill on my patio just because of that fact I can do anything with it I got the rotisserie for it so I can throw a rotisserie chicken on I got the divide and conquer so I can do indirect and then you know do reverse sear you know, I do a lot of searing on it with my sous vide stuff, especially I have the soapstone on there, which is an awesome uh, searing surface compared to the, to the cast iron. But uh, it's definitely you can do a lot more. You can smoke, you can grill, you can, you know, sear, you can do just about anything you want on that grill. And uh, you, you can cook, like you said, from anywhere from 180 degrees up to seven, seven, eight hundred degrees. Uh, it's just so versatile. I also have a you know a pellet grill, which has its uses, but it also has its limitations. But you know,
1: well, my pellet grill, my Traeger Timberline Eight Hundred and Fifty, is my second favorite tool on my deck. So I want to keep that in mind. That thing is a, a awesome tool to have as well. If I couldn't have a Kamado, then I would uh, the pellet grill would be right there at number two.
0: Yeah, I like my Camp Chef. I mean, it's really. I use it more for when I don't have a whole lot of time to get my fire going and I just want to throw some chicken on or throw some uh, hamburgers or something, just throw it on there for, for you know, an hour or so. I just turn that pellet grill on, go back inside, prep it and throw my food on. Exactly. I mean it really makes a difference. And you know people complain that it doesn't have the you know the same amount of smoke or whatever but I think me and you have discussed this before, you know sometimes you don't want a whole lot of smoke. Sometimes you just want that hint of smoke to you know flavor your food.
1: Well, my idea of smoke is different. People, most of the people that I hear talking about a pellet grill doesn't give you enough smoke are the people that are coming from some other format that does produce a lot of smoke. The pellet grill, I don't want to say that the pellet grill doesn't produce as much smoke. What it does is it produces a lot cleaner smoke and because of that it takes more of it to get the same sort of heavy smoke profile that a lot of people get used to when you're cooking on a Kamado grill, you're cooking in a low oxygen, low airflow environment, so that smoke is going to be heavier by nature. In the pellet grill or an offset cooker, and I think both of these uh work very similarly. You've got a very small, very hot fire, and that produces a lot cleaner smoke. So it's it's something that I've fallen in love with after I've I've had a pellet grill for a long time. I've I got my first pellet grill probably in 2013. So I've been cooking on them for a while and I love that light clean smoke profile and I've been working over time to try to develop more of that into the Kamado and I've had to do it just by using less and less smoking wood throughout the process.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, I I prefer, you know, the the smoke profile I get on chicken on my on my uh pellet grill. Because with chicken and poultry, you know, it, it can take a lot – it, it, it takes smoke really easy. So, you know, when I usually cook it on my Kamado, I only put one small piece of smoking wood in there just for that fact. And it's usually something like pecan or cherry that's not very strong. So I really like the fact that I can just crank the pellet grill on, throw the chicken in, and not have to worry about how much wood or, you know, I'm going to put in there for the smoke. That it, it produces the perfect – smoke profile for chicken, as far as I'm concerned, so. Absolutely. But, um, so other than that, so you, that's your second your second uh, favorite. Going down the list, what's uh, the third favorite?
1: Uh, right now, I believe the third favorite I have is going to be the gas grill, and uh, a lot of my audience doesn't care much for gas grills, but I'm working on changing that. I'm trying to uh, bring that uh, into the fold a lot in a lot bigger way, the gas grills have some definite advantages. And one of them is they get hot quickly. And as my good friend Hank Hill says, you can taste the meat, not the heat. So (laughs) the uh, gas grill, when a gas grill is operating properly, you don't taste any of the fuel source. You taste, uh, it's like uh, a really super, it's almost like cooking in an oven. So if you want smoke, you have to add it. And uh, the, ga- the versatility of the gas grill is quite good when you have a multi-burner grill. So that right now, I think my third favorite one in the loop is going to be the gas grill because everything else that I have that's not a Kamado, not a pellet grill, or not my gas grill is just a another form or variation of one of the three.
0: Yeah, um, I kind of agree with you. I have uh, my- that Camp Chef pellet grill I have has a little side uh, sear box which is just a, a high intensity gas burner that has you know cast iron plates on it that um, you can sear on and that's what it's for it's to you know you for your reverse searing on a pellet grill you can cook your steak uh you know get some smoke to it on the pellet grill and then sear it on the sear box but i end up using that a lot of times you know searing some of my sous vide cooks just because it doesn't put any other flavor to it it's just you put it on there to get that nice Maillard reaction, you know, from the hot, from the hot flame from the, from the gas. And that's, I also do that with my uh, camp, uh, the uh, Blackstone griddle as well. I, I, I crank that thing up big. That thing will get up to 650 <laughs> really, really yeah. quick as well. So.
1: And I think you nailed it right there. The, uh, the, the gas grill is going to cook great, but the, the heat itself is not going to do anything to contribute to the flavor of what you're cooking. And that's one of the things that separates it from the rest of the crowd.
0: Yeah. Even even if you're just cooking over just plain charcoal, you still get some kind of smoky type flavor because it's charred wood is what you're cooking on. So you still get, right. you still get that charcoal flavor. So now we went from your favorite grills. Let's go to what's your favorite things you like to cook outside.
1: Well, Currently, and this is a a very fluid thing, it seems, but right now, my favorite thing is beef ribs. Uh, I've been doing some experimenting and cooking beef ribs a lot of different ways. And out of everything I cook on my grill right now, in this moment, it is beef ribs. And uh, I think the reason I like beef ribs is because they have a big bold beef flavor i believe they have an even bolder flavor than beef brisket and they're much easier to cook than a brisket they cook in a fraction of the time and they give you the same sort of forgivingness in the cook that you get with a boston butt it's really hard to mess up beef ribs it just uh they're so simple to do you season them my favorite way to cook them is to season them and Put them in a, a 225 to 250 degree smoke for a couple hours. And then I like to finish them in a Dutch oven or a foil pan with a braising mix that usually is a 50-50 mix of beef stock and whatever beer I might have sitting in my refrigerator at the moment. Guinness is a, is a very good one. And do that with some chopped onions, some smashed garlic, and just put, you know, you can put whatever else you want in that braising liquid to create a flavor and then when those uh, guys are done you keep them warm you take some of that braising liquid make pan sauce uh, that starts with a roux and you turn that some of that braising liquid into a sauce and you serve those uh over a big old mound of mashed potatoes or something that's just a super amazing meal and it's a super super cook so right now beef ribs are my favorite thing
0: I think beef ribs are to me like the brisket point there, you know, one of the hardest things with brisket, especially when you're doing a full packer is you got two different kinds of, you know, meat, you got the point, which is really fatty and, and can turn out really great. And then you got the point, which is a lot leaner and it can dry out and get still kind of be tough. But to me, the beef ribs are kind of like the point of a brisket where they're well marbled, and they can, you can cook them to where they're just, like you said, they're, they're falling apart, tender and juicy and it's really hard to mess them up. You know, it's just, uh, they're, they are really good.
1: They're delicious. And I'm looking forward to an order that I placed yesterday showing up. I've got a, a big rack of the dino bones on the way, the big plate ribs. And, uh, with any luck, those things are going to be here. Let's see by the end of the week. So with any luck next week, I'm going to cook those and turn that into a video. Yeah.
0: I think one of my favorite things has been lately is just chicken. I just, for some reason I love, and I love it, cooking it on the, uh, on my pellet grill, just like I said, because I can, I can sous vide it, get it up to temp internally, and then throw it out on the pellet grill for 45 minutes at a high, high temperature. to just crisp the skin up. And it gets just enough smoke, just enough of that, you know, crispy skin, and it's cooked all the way through. And that's what I've been cooking a lot of lately, besides the stuff that I've been doing for videos. So, But um, I still love the other stuff, you know, ribs and you know, pork ribs and everything else. But, yeah, I need to get some more beef ribs. They're just hard for me to get, you know, find them where um, they're not just like cut into small chunks or – are there, you know, there's a lot of back ribs down here, but nobody really sells the big dino bones like you're getting.
1: Right. Back ribs are the only thing I see in the grocery stores around here. And they never have any meat on them because that's where, you know, they're cutting the ribeye out and they don't want to leave much of that, uh, much of that meat behind. So to me, the back ribs are definitely a waste of money, but sometimes you have to look for your uh, boutique butchers or some of your online sources to find, uh, a good source for these great ribs.
0: All right. So we talked about food. Now let's talk about some of your, um, inspirations of chefs and cooks and people out there that you kind of followed when you first started getting, getting started in cooking.
1: Okay. Well, when I first, uh, got into my foodie stage where I wanted to be a, uh, a decent barbecue and griller. Uh, of course, I went to YouTube, and like I said, I was participating on this forum called the Barbecue Brethren online, and I met some people there, but YouTube ultimately became uh, my go-to source because I just think the video format is so much nicer when you want to learn how to do something, and when I first got started, I think the first two channels on YouTube that I came across that I found to be inspiring were Greg Mervich over at a uh, Ballistic Barbecue. uh he was much smaller then than he is now, <laughs> and uh Alan Johnson at the grilling Network, both of those guys were doing a lot of things that looked fun to me on their outdoor grills and uh I became friends with those guys and uh through my channel and uh, we, uh, I actually got to meet them several years back when I went out to Southern California to attend Harry Sue's barbecue cooking class, but I got to meet Greg and Alan and a couple other YouTubers that were out in Southern California as well. So the YouTube influence has been great on me. I've learned a lot through them. I met, I haven't met Russ Jones. I haven't met, uh, T-Roy, uh, from T Roy cooks, but I'm, I'm friends with those guys online as well. And they've both been around for a pretty good while. So those are the four, I guess, that got, that got me started. And I got a lot of inspiration from them. And, uh, in the barbecue and grilling arena, that's, that's kind of where I got started. I've, uh, kind of, uh, I still follow those guys and, uh, but I, most of my cooking inspiration, I guess at this point comes from places other, then uh, the barbecue and grilling sphere.
0: Yeah, and I, I actually uh, – Greg was one of mine too because he's hes one of the guys that got me interested in combining sous vide and barbecue because he's one of the first people I saw do it with a, with, with some brisket and stuff. So uh, I got to meet him a couple months ago when I was out in San Diego, and he's an awesome guy. He's always willing to help other YouTube channels. So is Troy from T-Roy Cooks and uh, a lot of those – youtube guys you know i'm like you i'm a visual learner so videos are the way i prefer to learn i you know i'm not i get bored with looking at cookbooks and and stuff like that but i love watching you know food network stuff and videos on youtube i mean i i go to youtube for just about anything you know i want to learn how to change the uh filter you know in my uh you know, air conditioners. <laughs> I'll go look it up on YouTube. So, um, but yeah, it's such a great, and these, some of these YouTube cooks guys are really great inspirations and they're always willing to help. And what do you, your channel actually inspired me a lot, like I said from the beginning. So it, uh, it's always great to, especially when you get to meet some of these guys and talk to them and talk about cooking too. You know, that's why I think some of these Facebook groups, really help people out as well. It's all that interaction. It's just not just watching. You get to interact.
1: That's true. And the the social media in general, not just YouTube, like you said, is right. I get a lot of my current inspiration just from like the Kamado Joe Facebook group. I watch what people are doing in there. And I've been on multiple occasions. I've been inspired to do videos by things that I've seen other people cooking. You know, just, you know, they'll cook something that, it may look amazing or it may not look amazing, but even if it doesn't look amazing, when I see it, I say, well, there's an opportunity there. And I, I saw one today, in fact, and it actually wasn't in the Kamado Joe group, but it was, a uh, an enchilada dish that was done in a cast iron pan. And for any of you that know me, you know, I love cooking in cast iron. So we're going to be doing an enchilada cook on one of the grills here very shortly for a video, but the inspirations everywhere, uh, like I said, most of my current inspirations not coming from barbecue and grilling. Uh, I get my new favorite YouTube foodie is this guy that I've only seen. I think I think I've only seen him use a grill maybe once. And the channel he's on is called Alex French Guy Cooking. This guy's got over a million followers, and he's entertaining. He's he lives in Paris, and he is uh, he's like a he's like an Alton Brown uh, in a lot of ways, because this guy builds his own tools for cooking a lot of things. And he, and he's got amazing culinary skills and he is, uh, entertaining. Uh, so that's where a lot of my inspiration these days are coming from, are from people like Alex and other, other non barbecue people.
0: Yeah. That was going to be my next question is what drives your creative side to, uh, just following you on man cave meals and watching you on Kamado Joe, you, you. You do a lot of non-traditional barbecue stuff, which is what I like. Same with Eric Eppart, you know, who does uh, some videos as well for Kamado Joe. It's, it's the non-traditional. You know, everybody thinks of barbecue. They think of brisket, ribs, you know, chicken, pork butt. But you guys tend to cook a lot of different stuff and to show people how you can cook different stuff outdoors. So,
1: well, this is true. Uh, one of the things I like to tell people and I've been saying this for years now, when you can, when you start to look at your grill as an outdoor oven instead of a grill, it opens up a lot of doors. You don't have to uh, limit your grill to steaks, burgers, hot dogs, and chicken breasts. And those four things are what most people do on their grills. Most people don't consider the opportunity to do one of my favorite things to do on the grill, which is macaroni and cheese in the barbecue community. That's that dish is starting to find its way to the grill a lot more. But when you, when you cook mac and cheese on a grill, it just brings a whole nother flavor element to it that you don't get any other way. And I like to bake on the grill. I've done a sourdough bread. I've done cakes pies, uh, desserts of a lot of different kinds. I do most of my cooking outside. If Tanya was here to tell you, you know, my indoor oven, uh, the big thing my indoor oven gets used for now is reseasoning cast iron. I've got a small toaster oven that if I'm going to cook inside, it happens on that toaster oven. I just take all of my cooking outside unless I can't for some reason or another, And when you start doing it that way, you start seeing a lot of things that, wow, that tastes good coming off the grill. It tastes better than it does coming off the oven. So it's a good thing to do, and it does require that you become the master of your grill. You need to know how to operate your grill and how to make it come to these temperatures you want it. But when you get there, you'll never look back.
0: And I think the people that have the idea of, you know, the grill is just for burgers and hot dogs and chicken and stuff. Those are the people that get put off by the price of the Kamados in the, you know, the ceramic grills. And that's what you go. Oh, that's a lot of money to spend on a grill. But if you're like me and you who like to cook on that at every chance we get, it's not, you know, it's like people will spend that much money on an indoor oven and stove all day long and not, not blink an eye,
1: but. Or more, you, or you know, the, some of these the double oven that, uh, We upgraded in our kitchen upstairs, cost $3,500 when we remodeled Tanya's kitchen. That's a big expense. And uh, currently, uh, my grills get fired up way more frequently than that oven does.
0: Exactly. And, and, you know, that's what I tell people because I go, man, you're crazy. I I paid, you know, $100 for my grill. And it's like, yeah, but how often do you cook on it? (laughs) Well, I cook, you know, once a month, I'll throw burgers on there. It's like, well, I cook on mine at least four times a week most of the time you, five so
1: if you've never had to dust snow off of your grill to get dinner started then you might not be an avid griller
0: exactly well I don't, I you, live too, in florida. you
1: live in florida
0: <laughs> <laughs> i live in florida but i don't have to dust dust off of it so <laughs> I, that's like with these people that, that, that say you know i got or in my uh, grill i never have that problem because mine gets fired up all the time so absolutely <laughs> you know how do you clean your grates? I turned the fire on. <laughs> you know? you so great. But all right. Well, anything else you want to talk about? This has been a great conversation. I, I'm uh, really excited. I had you on today. So,
1: Oh, I can't think of a lot of things. I could talk forever on barbecue and grilling. It's just one of these things that I'm passionate about. And uh, because of that, that's one of the reasons that my grills get fired up no less than four or five times a week my grilling season doesn't start at a Memorial day and end at labor day. So with, like I said, we cook everything on it. And, uh, in fact I have been asked before when you cook dinner tonight, it doesn't have to be cooked on the grill. I've heard that before. So when you hear that, you know, you're doing something right.
0: Yeah. And, um, personally, you know, I live in Florida, so I can grill all year long. So I know people that live up in the, you know, in the snowy areas, you know, they, get they, have that excuse I guess but I still see people out there if you're really passionate about something you know you want to do it as much as you can so whether it's you know a sport or you know anything so I love cooking I love cooking outside especially so I've been cooking since I was pretty much 14 years old I started working in restaurants and I've always cooked that's why I don't you know my wife doesn't like to cook so I cook all the time I cook for my kids I cook for you know big, you know, groups of, you know, for church groups and everything. I just, I love cooking. So uh, something like that, you know, where you're going to spend a lot of time, you want to make sure you have something that you're going to like using. So that's why, you know, I buy the expensive. It's not really expensive. It's stuff that I know it's going to work when I want it to, and it's going to last a long time and it has everything I need for it. So
1: I couldn't agree more Uh, when you're, when you're dealing with a hobby and dealing with something that you're passionate about, the tools that you use are part of that experience. And if you're happy with a $2 spatula, then that's awesome. But if you're going to be more happy with a $10 spatula, then buy that $10 spatula. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm not one to, uh, I mean, you guys know a lot of the equipment I have is I'll call it above the budget level, but it's, uh, It makes me happy to use it, and it's not about the tool, and it's never going to be about the tool. It's going to be about the food you cook, how it tastes, and whether you were happy or not with the process of making it. So that's all all that matters when it comes to the tools you use, and I can't say it enough times the tools don't make the meal it's the cook that's making the meal
0: yeah i had harry sue on a couple of weeks ago and on the podcast and that's his big thing and it's it's not about the tools it's not that uh you know expensive grill that's going to make the food taste any better but if it's something that you like to use, you know, that's the thing with me, you know, yeah, somebody could probably produce the same quality of food on a hundred dollar Weber kettle than I do on my Kamado Joe's. There's no doubt about that, but I prefer to use the, have the versatility and and all that the Kamado offers me. So uh, there's no doubt that people can make food. I can make food on a little Hibachi, you know, $20 Hibachi grill. (laughs)
1: I can cook you a great steak on a charcoal chimney with a grill grate. Exactly. $20 worth of materials, $2 worth of charcoal and you'll have a delicious steak when I'm done.
0: Yeah, and that's a good cook can cook anything, uh, you know, cook anything on anything. It's not uh yep. you know, if, if somebody tells me I can only cook on a certain thing, you know, then then you're not really a good cook. <laughs> no, you
1: can always work with what you've got.
0: Exactly. Well, it's been great having you on, John. I want to thank you for being on. I've been asking you to come on for a long time, and I'm glad you finally did. And it was really, really educational. I hope people get a lot out of it. Um, Thanks again for fitting me into your schedule, and it was really interesting. And make sure, everybody, you check out John's uh, website or YouTube channel, the Man Cave Meals uh, YouTube channel, also the Kamado Joe cooking channel on YouTube. And follow him on Facebook, the Man Cave Meals Facebook page. Also, you can check out Kamado Guru, uh, the website. And also there's Kamado Guru Facebook group as well. And check out the Kamado Joe Facebook group on, YouTube, on Facebook as well. Awesome, Darren.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Well, thanks again, John. It was great having you. And take care. We'll, I'll talk to you soon. You too. Well, thanks again for joining us on this episode of the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Thank John Setzler for joining us. Check out Man Cave Meals on Facebook, on YouTube. Also, make sure you check out Inkbird Products, who's our sponsor of the podcast. I'll see you on the next Fire and Water Cooking Podcast.